We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD. You're to follow me on Twitter. And it's Wednesday, Wednesday, December 7th. It's Wild Card Wednesday. It's Wild Card Day. It's, uh, I mean, whatever you want to talk about in the YouTube chat. I'm up for, I'm up for people. I see you guys in there. Hit me, hit, hit those thummy thumbs. You know, Wata, Suki Singh, the morning people. Good morning, Mark B, Pierre Dota, Defic, Devin's in the chat also. Good morning, good morning. Hit the thumbs up button this morning. It helps us out a bunch. And uh, and post post your questions, anything. The drawbridge from yesterday. It's coming, it's closing, or it's open, it's opening. It's opening for the stupid question cars, right? The people and the all the all the toll bridge people with all their stupid questions, feel free. It's Wild Card Wednesday. I don't know what we, we NBA, there's NFL. Uh, there's no World Cup soccer, not until uh, Friday, uh, until the, the next round of knockout games. Uh, we got NFL Showdown on Thursday. We got a 10-game NFL slate on Sunday. We got whatever, whatever you want to talk about. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't matter, right? Defix says, must be feeling better today. Nah, not fully better. Not fully better. I'm, I get some allergies or whatever. <coughs> I may cough a little, right? It, it seems like everyone's sick, right? It's December and everyone is sick. Don Yeezy's in the chat. The bridge is open. The bridge is open. And the bridge was open for, for James McCool, right? The co-author with me on the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. Uh, James uh, had a very good night yesterday in uh, in NBA. He won uh, about $44,000. Wanted to bring that up. Uh, James won the, uh, on DraftKings, he won the four-point play. The, the, the 20 max. He played 20 lineups. Uh, won 15 grand here, and then played those lineups also in the in the fadeaway and tied for second, right? So got another 27,500 from second place. Like, what was first place? Okay, you needed Max Struess, I guess. Bowens High, okay, I guess Bowens Highland at 3.4%. That's that's kind of who you needed in order to get all the way up there, I guess. Uh, but yeah, very profitable day for him. What, he played, uh, what? This would be $360 worth of entries, I think, right? 20 entries into both contests and uh, 
then that would have been what 27.5 plus all the other lineups that cashed, I guess. So that looks like a profit about maybe a forty forty two thousand dollar profit day. Pretty good, pretty good for 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 James. Nice, nice to see it, right? James doesn't play that many lineups uh, most days, so it's like, like when when you make that type of return, like that makes your entire year. That 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 is the goal. I keep on coming back to this, especially if you're new here. If you're new, if you're new here, I know. If you're new here, feel free to type in the YouTube chat, say hello, say good morning. Ask your stupid questions. It's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine today. I, I, I probably I pro, pro, will not get frustrated on, on stupid questions as much as I normally would uh, today. Uh, but that's that's the goal. When you play GPPs, like you're playing lineups that have the position of winning first place, and you're doing that every single day, and you're most likely losing most days. Most days. To have the one day where you hit like this. It would have been nice, obviously nicer if James got a hundred thousand. But imagine play if you play three hundred and sixty dollars a day, and on a bad day, on an average baddish day, maybe you're losing thirty percent of your entries, right? You're not losing all three hundred sixty dollars, but you're losing like maybe thirty percent, right? You're losing maybe yeah. You put in three sixty, you get back two forty, you get back two eighty, right? Sometimes you can only get back thirty. Sometimes yeah, that's a bad bad day. Right. Sometimes, sometimes you get a small profit. You, you, all you're doing is that. It's just like you're slightly like going down, 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 down. You know, losing a little, 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 little for a while to put yourself in the position for first place once. Right. And depending on how much volume that you play and how many liners that you play, like, dude, one for James, one of these per year makes up the entire. That's that's it. You could lose every other day of the year. And it's probably still be up 10, 20 grand, right? On, on a 44K day, right? That's it. That's DFS. That's GPPs. Now, if you're playing cash game, double ups, obviously you can't do that. But if you're playing GPPs, that's what the, that's what the life of a DFS GPP player is, okay? So if you're playing NBA every, every day, if you're playing 150 lines, you have to win a lot more off. Okay, because you're putting a lot more money in, right? Twenty-two fifty or three thousand dollars or whatever, and then you're losing on average like a thousand dollars every single day, on average, right? You win fifty k once. I mean, that makes up for like fifth that two months of losing, right? So in an NBA season, that's what six months or so. You'll have to bink first like three times just to break even if you're one hundred and fifty maxing. But if you're not one hundred and fifty maxing, how many times like? When I would when I play NBA, which I'm which I'm not, not currently, I'd play 50 lineups. Okay. So how many how many times do I have to bink in order to, to show a profit? Once. That's it. Once. And I show a small profit there. You bink twice, then that's the you you you're you're gold. You're gold, Jerry. You're gold. Okay. So when you when you see when you see people, it's like, oh, if you're so good, how come I don't see uh I don't see screenshots every other day or something like that. That's not that's not realistic. That 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 doesn't happen, right? You're building lineups. You're playing line with thirty one thousand three hundred seventy two entries. If everyone was equally skilled, you you you'd win one every thirty one thousand slates. If you're slightly better than your opponents, you'll win one every two two hundred twenty five thousand slates. Right? I mean, like, 
And then obviously you have 20 lineups, so you multiply that by 20, and then it's like, okay, I should stand to win one of these once every year or two. That's it. That's your edge. That's the edge. But you constantly have to build lineups with first place equity. Right? It's not a matter of how many times you cashed. Right? I I, I don't know why I need to harp on this point, because most of the people that are watching right now and listening on the podcast feed, they know this. They know that's that's the nature of GPPs. But if you've been playing NBA since the start of the season, which was what, mid-October? So what, it's been seven weeks, maybe? Seven weeks. Seven weeks? Six and a half weeks, something like that? You feel like, oh, I've been playing three lineups into GPPs, and I lose nine out of ten days. And then the, the, the days that I win, I, bear, I I still don't make that much money. It's like, like welcome, welcome to DFS. Welcome to DFS. You can play an entire season and not win. It's, it's perfectly normal. You can still be, you can be the best best player in the entire world, and that could happen. Playing three lineups, right? But when you do win, you make up all of your losses and then some. But your goal is to play for first place. So if, anytime I see someone, I sometimes people share their roto track graphs, so they show show me their results, and they go. Yeah, I cash like 40% of the time in GPPs. I go, then how many times have you won? Like, no, I haven't won. That's why I'm coming to you, right? I cash like 40% of the time in GPPs, yet I'm down like minus 8% ROI. I've been playing for four years, and I've never won a G. I've never come in the top 10. And I go, well, are you playing? It doesn't sound like you're playing for first place. It sounds like you're playing to cash your lineups and not to win, not to win first. Who cares if you cash? Who cares? Come in last. I don't care. Put in your position to get first place. That's what matters. If you're not doing that, then yeah, you'll have a minus 8% ROI. You'll bleed your money over time. <sighs> Let's see. Devin has a question? Okay, Devin has a question. I separated Lowry and Hero in MME. Is that a bad decision in hindsight? Seemed like their high-end performances would be inversely related, but maybe the small slate may be not matter that much. Yeah, this, the opportunity cost is low. It was a three-game slate yesterday. You still need raw points. So I don't see any reason why you couldn't play Lowry and Hero together. What, Butler was out? No, I don't I don't see the reason why you had to. You didn't have to separate Lowry or Hero to, at, at their prices, 6,700 and 7,200. On a 14-game slate? Yeah, then then most probably yes. Most probably I, I, I would choose to not build lineups that have both of them in. Could you? You could still do it. It's a le- it's less likely that they both put up like fire emoji type of scores, but on a twelve game slate or something like, well, there's probably other people at seventy two hundred to sixty seven hundred that you could play on a three game slate. How many people are there to play? Getting thirty four points at a Lowry at sixty seven hundred was good enough. Getting twenty three points at a Contavious Caldwell Pope was good enough. You don't need, you, there's, there's only so many players to play in a three-game slate. As the slate gets smaller, the opportunity cost goes down. So that's why when I mentioned yesterday about over-correlating on smaller slates, when people don't do it as much, and that's primarily in NBA and NFL, obviously they do, in MLB, they do too much on the other side. It's like, yeah, but uh, how, how does four guys, five guys from the same team all hit their ceilings? Like, I'm not saying that they all hit their ceilings, but 
Maybe you get enough raw points that it doesn't matter that another game blows out and none of their guys get there. The opportunity cost is low. When the opportunity cost is low, having two playing the guy in his backup may be fine. Right? $3,100 center as well as the starting center or something like the opportunity cost is low. Right. Devin says large state strategy and a small slate makes it right. This was a larger slate. If this was like today's slate, which is what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, headache. Oh my God. What a headache slate. One, two, three. How many, how many games are on tonight? Jeez. Good thing I don't play NBA DFS, not until uh, NFL is over. And definitely not on Wednesday nights because it's Wednesday and you know what that means. But yeah, Pierre Dota said I made the same decision with uh, Donovan Mitchell and Garland yesterday. Like, it's a three-game slate, people. Oh, I can't play them both together because they both won't hit a seal, won't hit 8x. But do you need 8x on a three-game slate? No, you don't. Your your target of uh, your target score for a ceiling doesn't have to be as high. Raw points matter matter more on a twelve-game slate. They don't matter as much. Right on, on a twelve-game slate, getting getting thirty-four points out of Kyle Lowry at sixty-seven hundred ain't going to win you a GPP because there's going to be tons of other people at six K that put up more points. On a three-game slate, what other people are here? I mean, what other? I mean, we take a look. Just I mean, if we even take a look at the point-wise, like who did well yesterday? Obviously, Luca, LeBron, but they're expensive. I mean, there's just not many people. Look at how many people scored forty points. Like not many. On tonight's slate, just be ten times the amount. So yeah, if you're sitting there with Lowry's uh, 34 points, like you'd find, you could probably find someone else tonight because there's enough players to do so. Don't be, don't be so much hung up, especially in NBA. I mean, in, I, I mean, I say this all the time: people overcomplicate this, overcomplicate it way too much. What I mean, way too much. I want to highlight the way, way too much, okay? You can play, three guys from the same, you can play LeBron and AD together, right? I mean, I mean, I know AD had, what, flu symptoms yesterday, whatever happened yesterday. Yo, how do I play a two 10K guys from the same team together? It's hard for them to both hit their ceiling. The, the key word there, it's hard. Correct. Is the correlation, is the R value one? No. Stop thinking that R values are one and zero. Is it less likely? Yes. It's less likely. Oh, that means you don't do it. No, that means you do it as as less as it is likely. That's all that it means. That's all that it means. How do I play Christian McCaffrey at $74 million salary? How does he ever hit a ceiling there? How often does he hit a ceiling? That's uh, that for, for seven. He needs to score 816 billion points. Well, he hits that like 2% of the time. Well, then you should play him 2% of the I mean, like, it. that's all it is. So when you say like, oh, how, 
Uh, it's harder for for Lowry and Hero to both hit 60 points, both together in the same game. I mean, I just explained why you didn't even need 60 points out of both of them to win a, to win yesterday because the opportunity cost is low. But let's say it was a 12-game slate. You go, I'm going to play Lowry and Hero together. You go, I, I'm going to separate them because uh, they don't hit 60. Their, their, their 90th percentile outcomes are less correlative. Well, how often do they? I mean, maybe they hit 14% of the time. Does it mean they never hit? No. But people put in these hard rules, like, you can't do this. Anyone that did that is an idiot. No. How how many lineups contain both of those players? And how often do they both end up in the optimal lineup or something like that? If less people are rostering them together, then actually it makes more sense to put them together. But it's less likely to have, like, who cares if it's less likely? It should be rostered as less as it is likely. If it is rostered more than it is likely, then you should not be doing it. Or it'd be you're less advantageous for doing so. People are thinking in these hard and fast rules. Have I ever played a center and a backup center in a lineup in GPPs? Of course I have. If your answer isn't, I of course I have, then you're playing DFS wrong. Do you do it every slate? Of course not. They're obviously negatively correlated. You're going to play, you know, the guy that, you know, two guys, two centers that are both 6K that that play 24 minutes, right? And you go, I, I, well, I'm going to play them together? Like, they're, they're never on the court together, right? One guy directly comes into the other guy. But there are going to be games where one the, the 6K center comes in, destroys, and then the backup center comes in and destroys also. How often does that happen? It's less likely. Yes, you're right. It's less likely. As a heuristic, am I likely am I likely to pair those two people together in the same lineup? No. I'm less likely to do it. Doesn't mean you can't do it. Just means I'm less likely to do it. But they both could hit a ceiling at the same time in the same game on a on a seven million game slate. Right? I'm just exaggerating. So if you saw someone that that played both and they both put up 40 plus points and you go, wow, I would have never thought to play two guys that come out for each other. And the GPP winners, what a donkey. How well, how often does it happen? It's not 0%. It's not 0%. Maybe it's only 4%. One guy is 3% on one guy is 1% on or something like that. Feel free to make a lineup like that. If I never did it, would I, would I be losing anything? Probably not. I could probably, you could find lineups that don't do those types of things that are similarly plus EV, but there are lineups that do. We talk about in baseball. Like, oh yeah, I, this guy didn't use a five-man stack. He went three, three, two, whatever. What a donkey. So that line could easily be plus EV. Said, but it doesn't have a five-man stack. He said, not all five-man stacks are plus EV. It's lineups, not players. How often should you be playing five man stacks in MLB baseball? If you only played five man stacks, they're not, they're still not owned enough in general. That construction is still in large field GPPs, is still not enough. Where if you just only played five man stacks, you're you're probably not making making a mistake. 
to play those three, two, two type things. There are less of them, but there's still plenty that are plus EV. Plenty that may be higher EV than the five man stacks. But you have to weed out a lot of ones that aren't. And if you're not good at weeding out the ones that aren't, you're going to be playing lineups that are in negative EV. The five man stacks are more likely, even by mistake, to run into lineups that are plus EV just because you're playing five three lineups. So that's very similar to this question in basketball. How do I play two guys, similar price on the same team, and they both go off at the same time? I'm not even considering it's a short slate. I'm just a normal size slate. How often do they do? Well, it's not zero. It's not 100. Somewhere in the middle. Can you build lineups with both of them in it? Yes. But it's tougher to find. There'll be less plus EV lineups with them both together. Doesn't mean there aren't any. It just means there's less of them. So as a heuristic, if you've always separated Mitchell and Garland, and you never played a lineup with both of them together, you're more likely to run into plus EV lineups rather than weed through lineups that yeah, the coral, these are negatively correlated players to the, to the 80th plus percentile outcome. But for this particular lineup with this leverage and this whatever, and these ranges of outcomes for the other players, this ends up plus EV. So for the case that they both put up a ceiling game, that this is a plus EV lineup. But there's probably, for every one lineup like that, there's probably five lineups that aren't. And are you going to be able to tell the difference? Well, if you simulate stuff, you, you you wouldn't have to worry about it. But unless you're unless you're there with some algorithm and some simulation methodology, you're not going to know. So, as a heuristic, you you separate. But it doesn't mean that a lineup that contains both of them is ah oh, that's a donkey lineup. It could be. I mean, it could end up be. It could be a donkey lineup. That's the key. People think too much in black and white. Should I do this and should I do that? The answer is there is no correct answer. I'm sorry. I don't know why I need to apologize. So I get questions all the time. I get email, I get five to 10 emails a week. I get messages in the Blender Game Theory channel on Discord all the time. I get DMs on Twitter two or three times a day. The number one response I give is there is no correct answer to that question. And people look at me like I have 14 heads. Should I have done this or that? I said, wouldn't have mattered. What, what do you mean it wouldn't have mattered? Should I play this guy? Should I have played these three guys together or those three guys? I was like, was your lineup fine? Yeah, so what, what, what are we talking about? Yeah, but the winner had this. Who cares? Who cares what the winner had? How many lineups do I play and how many lineups what? You play whatever lineups you want. Are the lineups individually plus EV? Then who cares? Play 7 million of them if you could. You can't? Oh, okay. Play 150 of them if you can. Oh, you can't afford 150? You don't, you don't want to have risk 100? Play, play two of them. Which two should I play? Whichever two you want. That can't be the answer. I said, no, that is the answer. I'm sorry. That is the answer. That there is no answer. Or my answer is, the only way to determine that is through a simulation methodology. Without a simulation methodology, you're going completely by 
guess, guesswork, educated guesswork, directionally accurate type of guesswork. So I always talk about those jars. If you could build for like yesterday's NBA slate, I ask you to build 5,000 lineups. Just build 5,000 lineups and put them into jars, right? So you have these 5,000 lineups to choose from. And here's a, here's a jar of uh, one th- of uh, 4,000 lineups that have, here's, here's a jar with, with 2,000 lineups, or let's say 20, let's just say it's 10,000 lineups, okay? Just to make the math easy. So you build 10,000 lineups, and they're, and you build all these 10,000 lineups, you have, you have 4,000, 4,500 with Lowry in it, just Lowry. 4,500 with just a hero in it, and 1,000 with both of them in it. And you go, okay. Out of these 4,500, 3,000 are plus EV. Out of these 4,500, 3,000 are plus EV. Out of this 1,000 that have both of them, 50 are plus EV. Okay? Now, if you just had to choose, I need to play play three lineups. If you just grabbed into the jar of marbles with the plus EV line, you're more likely to grab... Plus, you'd be lineups from the ones that have just one or the other. Because 3,000 of the 4,500 are plus EV, while only 50 of the 1,000 that you built are plus EV with them both together. Now, if you're able to inspect the marbles and everything, you'd be able to, oh, I could go in and I could. You're looking to play 10 lineups. Maybe you play 10 out of the 50 in the 1,000 jar with both of them together. Maybe you're able to find. The 50 out of the 1,000, pick 10 of them. You may choose to not even bother. You say, that it's too tough. I'd much rather just grab the ones that are that are more plentiful in these other jars. But as long as you're grabbing plus EV lineups, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Did you have Lowry in your lineup? Did you have Hero in your lineup? Did you have both in your lineup? Did you have Neither in your lineup? There are plus EV lineups that have all those traits. There are less of them. There are less Lowry hero lineups, but doesn't mean there aren't any. Can you build the ones that are plus EV? It's a little, it's tougher. It's harder. But it doesn't mean it's impossible. It doesn't mean you can't do it. Gotta, gotta set a rule. Can't do it. I'm not just highlighting this for the Lowry hero thing from yesterday or the Mitchell Garland thing from yesterday. Consider this logic for everything you do in DFS. There's no hard rule on anything. Anything. Literally anything. Well, how about playing injured players? And in, in, dude, there are slates where you could play an injured player and win. That's not even a hard rule. It's it's very select scenarios. NBA, dude, NBA showdown. Playing a, playing a guy off the bench that doesn't play, that gets a zero, has appeared in optimal lineups. An NBA showdown. I've seen it in NFL, an NFL showdown that's happened. Someone has, someone has been first place with a $200 guy that didn't even play, got zero points. 
Could have been an injured player. Could have, could, could have been. Just that the only way to build the construction that was was to have a $200 crapper in the flex spot like that. And no one else was doing that because all the $200 flex spots guys were never going to play. We didn't have a projection, like had a nothing. They were not barely going to see the field, if anything. So no one built that way. But the five other players that they have scored so much more points than anyone else that the only way to fit all five of them in is to play the zero-point player, which could have been an injured player. Could have been someone that's on the IR. So you can't even say that, like, oh, you got to play. You can't, you can't, don't play. Guys that aren't even in. Well, certain scenarios that you could still do that. Probably not doing that on a classic 12-game NBA slate. You probably, yeah, but that's, that's probably not good. Probably not going to happen. It'd be very hard to win, but can it still happen? Dude, even on a 12-game, on, a on a whatever slate, this large slate that we have today, you can win with a zero. You can win first place. You can win $100,000 with a zero. It's so remarkable. It would be so rare for that to happen. But it's not zero. I'm telling you, it's not zero. Think in terms of, well, how how would anyone win with a zero in NBA? Because all this slot score, you score 50 points or whatever like that. Said, okay, it's a $3,000 player with a zero. And Giannis puts up 110 points, fantasy points. Uh, Jason Tatum puts up 98 fantasy points. And John Morant or LeBron, like, you have like three studs that put up nearly a hundred fantasy points. And then you have a bunch of cheap guys that put up 40 points and you have like two or three of those. And the only way to fit any, all of the, the studs in is by there's some three K guy with zero, zero in it. Right. And you're sitting there with 447 points. People will have two of the big game. I mean, like I'm describing a situation that I don't even know if it has even happened. But it could, right? That would be the situation. I don't know why it's stuck on this. Okay, whatever. But you understand, think of that, think of what needs to happen for this lineup to win. And with a zero in the line, it, it could still happen. And all the players that I mentioned are all 3% owned, right? So it's not even like, you get you get eight, seven, one percent on players that put up seven hundred points. I'm exaggerating, obviously, but there is a scenario where it happens. How often does it happen? It's not zero percent. It's point something percent. So you know how often you should be playing those types of lineups, as often as it is likely. Now, if you chose to never play it point oh two percent of the time, are you going to really missing out? You're probably not missing out on anything. Okay, but it doesn't mean you can't. It doesn't mean doesn't mean you can't play it. Can never do it. Okay. Anything else in the YouTube chat? Kurt Kirill Mitkoff says for seven weeks playing the NBA GPPs, I have three second places and profit of uh, 150 for X 100 150X just because of me. Thank you so much and God bless you. Okay. Well, congrats then, I guess. Is it because of me? I don't know. Do I get a tip? Do I get anything from it? 
That's the way to give me a tip is just go and purchase the theory of daily fantasy sports for advanced players. Right. Although, do you need it anymore? It seems like you're 150xing everything in NBA. Maybe you need to teach me. <laughs> I mean, I've only played like five or six NBA slates since the, the season started. It's 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 nuts. I I can't deal with the injuries and who's in, who's out, who's it's ridiculous. Not until not until wait until there's nothing else. Like I, I'll play NBA DFS when there's nothing else left. There's nothing else left. Then, then it's like, okay, then I'll do it. Donnie Watson. Okay. Remember, I have to, re- I have to repeat to myself because I already pre-read this question. I have to repeat to myself that I said that the drawbridge was down, that the stupid cars could come in. Donnie Watson, who I know has watched the show. This is this. You have to understand why why it frustrates me. Stupid question, okay? If it was new, it was people that I don't recognize their name. I'd be like, okay, they don't know any better, right? They're new to DFS. They're new to the channel. They're new to my content. Okay, give them a wide, wide, a much more slack. People that I see in Discord or whatever for years, I start questioning how they tie their shoes in. Donnie Watson asks, if right now, I know it's early, just curious how you would treat it. You run 100 optimals, you get 100% of three Golden State guys. How do you handle that in large field? I don't understand what you mean, how you handle that. Like, this is why it's a stupid question. How do you handle I will build plus EV lineups. That's how I will handle it. I don't understand. I don't understand what what you want, what you want the answer. I no. the thing is, I understand what you want the answer to be, but obviously the past 10 minutes of what I was talking about just went through one ear and out the other. How would you handle that? I would go and build plus EV lineups for the contest that I was in. Well, do you play three golden state guys? Dude, I could build lineups without knowing what teams or players are. All it is, is a projection and an ownership number. That's it. That's it. That's all it is. Build lineups. How would you handle Lowry and Hero? I would handle them as if I don't know who the players are. There's there's players with it's a number. It's here. You go to a number. Right? Let's get rid of this. How would you handle what do you mean? How would you handle what? What is how do you handle it mean? How would you handle what? I don't get it. I mean, I do get it. It. I know that you're thinking about DFS wrong. You're trying to pick players, and I have literally no care in the world about players. None. Take them away. The players don't matter. Lineups matter. Stop thinking about players. All I see is uh, 41.73 points at 42% ownership for Jordan Poole. Okay. So how do you build him into lineups that... Well, Clay Thompson, 6,300, and Jonathan Kaminga is 3,400. Basically saying, should you play all three together? Should you play two together? Should you? You could do any 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 of those things. Well, how, did you ha- how would you handle? What does that mean? 
I could build line. I could build a lineup with all three of them together. I could build a lineup with two of them together. I could build a lineup with one of them together. I could build a lineup with none of them together. I could build all three types of lineups that all have the same expected value. I could build probably 700 of each of them that all have about the same expected value. You could. So what do you mean by how, how would you handle it? Right? Now, obviously, at their current projections right now, if you were to eliminate all three from, from, your, uh, from the pool, most likely those are going to be large field lineups that you're building because you're going to be sacrificing a whole bunch of projection to do so. I mean, it looks like from from their their projection value that in small field, you're probably playing at least one just from a projection standpoint. But in large field, I mean, look, if we if we just simply just by our current projections, which mean nothing now, 298.45. Okay, if I get rid of Jordan Poole, my projection lowers by seven points. If I get rid of Clay Thompson, it goes down another another four points. So that's eleven points. I get rid of Kuminga, right? Is the the last the last person that goes another five points? So you 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 drop in what two eighty two point? If you get rid of all three of them, you're dropping sixteen points in projection. So that's probably large field only to not play any of them. And then you're going to have to keep your projection as high as possible. You're most likely playing anything that's kind of chalk. You're probably playing Siakam in that lineup. You're probably playing Porzingis in that lineup in some fashion, or you're going to be dropping even further projections. But DC has nothing to do with the players. It's like, okay, you could, you could build a large field lineup with none of them in it. Because you could sacrifice 16 points of projection for a large field, 100K to first type of contest. If you're playing a smaller field stuff, you're playing the 250 formats, probably you don't want to sacrifice 16 points in projection. But how about playing all three of them? Well, you could play all three. Okay, now you're playing all three, but now your ownership number is way too high. So it's like, oh, if you can play all three of them together at 40% own each, then you're probably not playing Siakam. Then you're probably not playing Przingis. Then you're probably not playing some other chalk piece. You're going to drop your own, you're going to drop your, your uh, player projection, your overall lineup projection by four or five points, but your ownership should go down. And any of this, does this have to do with, do you play two or three or one or no? It literally doesn't matter. Literally doesn't matter. I could build a lineup right now that has just Poole, just Kaminga, just Thompson. I could build ones that have Poole and Kaminga, Poole and Thompson, Kaminga and Thompson. I could build one that has all three. The only difference is how do I build the rest of my lineup in one of the, in, in either of those situations? That would be the difference. A Jordan Poole only lineup wouldn't look like a Clay Thompson only lineup. Wouldn't like look like a Kaminga Thompson lineup. Wouldn't look like an all three lineup together. Most likely, if I played just uh, Clay Thompson, I probably could. I'm perfectly fine with Pascal Siakam in my lineup because I'm not playing the other Warriors, so my ownership is auto- automatically coming down anyway. I could say that with any of the other ones. Now, playing all three together means I have to find a way to get leverage somewhere else in my lineup. 
So I could, br- I could bring all these lineups down if I wanted to, to 280. Let's say you're playing really large field and you're like, how do I bring my, 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 you know, if I don't play all three of them together, right? If I don't play all three of them together, the projection is 282.86. I could find lineups that have all three of these guys in it that have 282. Because obviously you have to knock out all the rest of the players in your lineup down in projection. So I could find a lineup that projects for 282 that has all three of those players in it. The difference is, is that it's not going to have Pia- it's not going to have Siakam or Brzezing. It's going to have a lot of a lot of two uh, percent owned guys that project for much lower than other guys. But I could do it. I could get it down there. I could get it down to two eighty two with any combination of those players by either not having them, having all three, having one, having two, and as long as my projection and ownership is acceptable for the contest size and payout structure that it's in. That's all that matters. That's it. That's all that matters. Do you play one of them? Do you play two of them? Do you play three of them? Do you play two? Which two? Which one? Do you play none of them? They're all valid. There's no correct answer. Do I play all three of them and then all the other chalk and play play the lineup that's a 78-person train and double up into a large field GVP? No. Can't play that lineup. That's a bad lineup that has all three of the players in. You have to find a good lineup that has all three of those players in. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Donnie Watson asks, so would making a group of the highest correlated guys that make lineups with that group and separating them out make more sense? No. Like I said, you're, you, you, it's almost like, am I talking to a wall? I feel like I talk to a wall. You can make any lineup you want. None of them make sense. There's no such thing as making sense. I know I said stupid questions, but Jesus Christ. I get frustrated when people literally don't listen. Like they just literally don't listen. I don't get it. I, I Could someone explain it to me? It's unfathomable to me. Would it make more sense if I grouped? No, build a plus EV lot. Like, I'm I'm literally giving you the keys to the castle. 
I'm giving you the keys to the castle. I'm telling you how to make a ton of money playing daily fantasy sports. Build positive expected value lineups that can contain any one of the 368 players in the player pool. Any one of them could build a plus EV line. Every single one of them. Literally every single one. What happens if I, what happens if I want to play? I'm going to scroll down. I want to play Sadiq Bay on this slate. And you ask me, is it a good idea to play Sadiq Bay? You know what I'll say? There's no correct answer to that question. Yeah, I could build a plus EV lineup with Sadiq Bay in my lineup. Does he project bad? Yeah, he projects poorly, but he's going to be 1% owned. Can I maintain a projection high enough for the contest that I'm in at an ownership level that's worth leveraged for me to get the first place? That's it. That's the only question. That's it. That's it. That's the only question. Can you play 17 people from the same team together? Yeah, of course you can. Why wouldn't you? I've had slates where I've played six guys from the same team. Would I play six guys from the same team all at 12K salary? Of course not. But if they were all 3K, why wouldn't? Why couldn't you? If they all projected for 7 billion points, why wouldn't you? There are other variables here. It's not just, do you play this guy or that guy? Like, I, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get what's so hard about the concept. I, I don't. I feel like how many, I, I feel like I've explained things like 17 times in 800 different ways to get you past the point of players. Players don't matter. Players don't matter. Not in NBA, not in NFL, not in tennis, not in MMA, not in anything. The actual players do not matter in DFS whatsoever. The only thing that matters is lineups. The only thing that matters is lineups. Write it on a write it on a post-it note. The only thing that matters is lineups. Okay? The only thing that matters is lineups. Let me, I, I'm going to, where, where can I bring up a, let's see, I'm going to, how many times can I explain the same concept 400 times to get it through your head? New new document. Let me let me just so I have a scratch pad. This is I'll show you how you should be viewing DFS. Okay. I'm gonna show you a lot here. We're gonna do it on the screen. I'm gonna this is how you should be viewing DFS. Once you if you could view DFS this way, you could be one of the best players in the world. Okay. The difference between you. And let's just Alex Baker or whistles go woo from a, from a directional standpoint is this, you're, you're this, once you get this concept, you're, you're not, you're not much different than, than any of the top players in the world. Okay. If you could get this one concept, okay, this is the most important concept in all of DFS. Okay. Lineup A, okay? I'm going to put lineup A. Dollar 24 EV. Lineup B. Dollar 
24 EV. Lineup C, dollar 24, which means for every dollar you put in, you get a dollar, you get 24 cents in return on average in whatever the contest you're playing. Lineup D, dollar 24 EV. Lineup E, dollar 24 EV. I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to, I really want to stress this point. Lineup F, dollar 24 EV. Lineup G, dollar 24 EV. Because you really, this is the most important concept in all of daily fantasy sports. Once you understand this, you will know, you will understand why 99% of the work that you've been doing has been wasted. Lineup I, $1.24 EV. Lineup J, $1.24 EV. Okay, lineup, what's next? We've got K, lineup K. What, what, what are we going for? $1.24 EV. Because obviously I need to exaggerate things to 700 degrees in order for people that have been watching for three years to finally get concepts. Which lineup do you want to play? I'm going to tell you right now that the differences between these lineups, there are eight, this is an, these are all NBA lineups, and they all have eight different players in all of them. Literally, none of these lineups share anyone. Which one has Luka in it? I can, I'm not going to tell you. Which one has Giannis in it? I'm not going to tell you. Which one... Literally, they don't share a single player. They're 8v8s. Which lineup do you play? What's the answer? Type it in the YouTube chat. I'm, I'm telling you that each lineup in the, this contest, this fictional contest, probably a large field contest, that if we ran this a million times, lineup A would give you a return of 24 cents. Lineup B would give you a return of 24 cents. Lineup C would give you a return of 24 cents. Lineup D would give you a return of 24 cents. Lineup E would give you a return of 20 plus plus 24 cents. Lineup F, lineup G, lineup H, lineup all of them. Right, Dakota Litton has the has the answer. Devin, can we put it up on the screen? Put, can we put D not T Max up on the screen? It doesn't matter. Do you want to play Luca? Do you want to play the Luca lineup or the Giannis lineup? I'm not telling you which one they are. You know why? Because it doesn't matter. All, the, all that matters is the expected value of the lineup. That's it. That is it. Now, how do you determine the expected value of a lineup without a simulation methodology? Well, we do it directionally by comparing the projection total with the ownership total. So if I would have told, if I tell you that for this contest, I don't mind giving up uh, six points in projection or eight points in projection as long as I have 120% ownership. Any lineup that's at that level is about the same. So if I were to say that 290 and 120, right? Let's let's let just I'm just gonna plug this in. Right? I'm just gonna one, it doesn't matter, whatever. I'm just 20 lineups, who cares? 10 lineups. Let me put max total lineup ownership at 120. I'm just, I'm making up numbers. Just 
for the sake of an example. Okay. So there you go. 119 ownership, 283 projection. Okay, that may be a little too low. That for for, for small field. But let's let's up let's up the ownership. Right? Let's up it to 150. Right. Okay, so 150. 146, 289. So you're sacrificing like nine points of projection. 146 in ownership. Okay. So any lineup that's in this range is fine. If we determine that that's that's the range that you're looking for. Right. I want to sacrifice about, you know, 10 points of projection and get, you know, around 140, 150% in ownership. Okay. You know how many lineups that have both those characteristics? Thousands, thousands upon thousands. Now all of them tend, all of them have Jordan Poole here, but I could X this out and find ones that don't have Jordan Poole. So I only made ten lineups. I could make ten thousand lineups and find ones that have Poole, find ones that don't have Poole, find ones that have Clay Thompson that don't have Clay Thompson, that have Nicholas Claxton, that have all these. Pl- it doesn't matter. All I'm looking at are these two numbers. What is the total projection and what is the total ownership? This is a directionally accurate way of doing, trying to figure out this. Could one have a dollar twenty-three versus a dollar twenty-four? Sure, but I mean, at what point do you have a method of getting getting to that precise? If you don't have a method of getting to that precise, then you, you can't do it that precisely. So how do I what do how do I handle the Golden State Warriors? You know what I do? I see how much projection do I want to give up and how much ownership do I want to have and I just build lineups. Some of them may have all three, some of them may have one, some of them may that doesn't matter. All I care about is the lineups. How profitable is the lineup? If I gave you a choice between all of these lineups, which one would you want? Any of it doesn't matter any of them. Would I have to tell you that one has all three warriors and one doesn't have all three warriors? No, it doesn't matter. You could build a lineup, but lineup B has all three warriors in it. Lineup C has zero. I asked you, which one do you want to play, B or C? From a mathematical perspective, it wouldn't matter which one you play. They both have the same expected value. Do you play all three? Do you play zero? You could either. As long as the the lineup makes sense, the other players in the lineup make sense from an ownership versus projection. This is not something new. This is not this is not new. It's it's literally in this. It's literally in hours upon hours of content on theoryofdfs.com on the pregame sh- on the pregame show. You could go back, probably find at least one hundred and twenty hours of me explaining this literal thing over and over again. And this is why I do not understand how people could watch this show and for long periods of time and not and not understand. I I can't I it, I I'm trying to be truthful here. It 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 it's unfathomable to me. Unf- it's 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 un it's I'm trying to be I'm trying to be honest here. It doesn't make sense to me. 
Like, so, I, I, I just want to explain why I get why I get frustrated because my brain doesn't process it. What it what it looks like to me. I and and I'm not I'm 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 tr- truly trying to not exaggerate it. I view people that ask these types of questions. I wonder. I wonder, like when I say I wonder how they tie their shoes, that's not a joke. Like I, but that's how my brain processes. That is. I would, I would, I would wonder. I would, I, I would. You're obviously watching this from some type of mental health facility. Like you have to. Like I don't understand how how you cannot. Like I, I'm just like I, I, I think I think of people and go, I wonder what they do for a living because I because. I hope they're not my doctor. Dude, I hope they're not my bus driver. Dude, I hope they I hope I don't even see them on the street because most likely they're going to trip over something and I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't know how I I I don't get it. I literally don't get it. That but that's the reason why I act the way that I act. Because I I don't. Just like when people ask ask me questions of oh this x y and z I go did you watch the video? Said no, but I thought you could tell. Like that, I don't, I don't get it. How would you learn how to start playing DFS today? I would watch every single pregame show, and they go, and someone would say, "Oh, yeah, I'll go back and watch some shows." I said, "No, watch every show." I said, "You're kidding me? There's like 600 shows." I go, and I look at them, and it's unfathomable to me that their reaction is is. What do you what do you think I'm gonna watch 600 hours worth of content? I go, why the hell wouldn't you? Like I don't even understand why this is even even a debate. Like I don't I I don't get it. Why is why is it even a debate? If there's 600 hours of content that will make you a world class player at DFS, why why wouldn't you? I actually I would hope there's more. I would start today. Watch for 16 hours, go to sleep, wake up, and then watch for another 16 hours. And then go to sleep and watch for another 16 hours. And then go to sleep and watch for another 16 hours. And then go to sleep and watch for another 16 hours. And we keep on doing that. Would I would I stop at a certain point? No. I would actually go back and probably rewatch most of it also. After I'm done watching the first 600 hours, I'd rewatch the 600 hours. People go, well, you're nuts for doing that. I go, how are you nuts? Are, how, how are you supposed to get better? There's no shortcuts. Why wouldn't you think that way? I don't understand people that don't think that way. I just, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. How do you figure something out? I said, by doing it, by looking it up. What's, what's, the, what's complicated about this? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Oh, James Aguirre, if you have tied the time when you study CSVs, do you add up the total ownership and projection of the top 1% of lineups and compare it to the projections from the previous day? Or do you just study winning players, study winning players. I do not care about the lineups that win. I just care about winning players. <sighs> Dakota Linton, I'm sorry if you covered this before, right? You'd, you'd know about this if you watched all the previous videos. How do you go about deciding on your threshold for ownership? I make a judgment call. That's it. Do you have a simulation methodology? No. 
So that means you have to guess. Make an educated guess. How much projection am I willing to give up for the ownership? As long as I'm, if I'm dropping in projection, the only thing that matters, okay, we're going to get back to this. Get back to what, I, what I've said before. Most people over, and when I mean over, I mean ridiculously, ridiculously overcomplicate DFS ridiculously so take everything that you've done in D for for, to, for a dfs slate get rid of probably 99 plus percent of it. okay i'm i need it, it feels like i need to exaggerate it in order to get these points across i could show up for tonight's nba slate with knowing nothing 16 seconds before lock and build 20 plus ev lineups you know how i could like let's say right now like let's say, like literally, lock was happening in 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 a minute, and the projections were, let's say, do, do we have all the ownership in here? Okay, I could build. Okay, we got eleven thirty. Okay, we got we got stuff in. Okay, Kaminga's. Okay, now nah, okay, everything's updated now. Okay, <coughs> let's say. It's 120 seconds. It's two minutes before lock. <coughs> I, 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 I don't even follow basketball. I don't even know. I've, I literally have no idea what any of this means. Okay. And I'm going to be playing large field GPPs. <coughs> and I want to build, let's say I want to build for the 20 max. Okay. I'll just call it that 20 max. I can build, I can build plus EV lineups in, I mean, by pressing one button, right? I'm going to go look. I'm going to go look at the optimal, right? Okay, 295 at 455. Wow, how much chalk is there today? Wow. 90, 83, 53, right? 455% total ownership. Is that how, is that how chalky the, the Warriors are going to be against the Jazz? Okay, so let me take, let me take a look. Let me drop this ownership, total ownership to 300. What does that look like? <coughs> I can just stop it here just to take a look at the 289. Okay. Oh, you're not, you're not even dropping that. You're not, <coughs> you're still playing 280% on guys. Maybe we could drop it even further. Right. Six point drop for that amount for 300 ownership. Let's, let's go down to 200. Can we, can we get down even closer? Let's see 280 okay that may be too much right do i have to get that far down to 200 maybe in the middle 250 250 sound good let's see 250 in ownership <coughs> do these look good 250 285 i'm sacrificing what 10 points in projection okay done these are my 20 lineups there are these these will be these most likely will be 20 plus EV lineups. Did I have to know anything about NBA? Did I have to know anything about anything? Do I, did, do I, did, did I even have to look at the, I didn't have to look at nothing. I literally looked at the optimal, saw the projection, saw the ownership and said, okay, what's, how much projection versus ownership am I sacrificing? And then putting that into lineup HQ and pressing a button. How many lineup, 
20 lineups. Now, is it a diversified set of lineups? No. But if you simulated this out, I'm 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 going to assume that these lineups are plus EV. You're done. I mean, literally, you're done. Voila. That's the magic. End of story. What? You saw my process right there. Okay? We'll go over it again. Process is I show up to lineup HQ two minutes before the slate locks, assuming that we know the injury status and all that, you know, whatever. Doesn't have to be two minutes, five minutes, whatever. It doesn't matter. I go look and go, what's the optimal? What's the projection? What's the ownership? And go, okay, well, I'm not going to play the optimal. The cash lineup doesn't have enough leverage <coughs> to win first place. What type of contest am I playing? Large field, small field. If I'm playing small field, do I have to drop eight points of projection, 10 points of projection? No, I can drop four or five. That's fine. Right? Large field, 10, 15, something, depending. Right? Something like that. I go, okay, well, what ownership level do I need to get for that drop in projection? I tried 300. I'm like, okay, 300. I'm dropping a decent amount. Let's see what 200. Oh, 200 was too much. Then I go 250. Okay. Nine, 250 seems fine. Okay, here's 20 lineups. That's it. Like, that's literally it. Do you play Lowry and Thing? To, do you play Lowry and Hero together? I don't even know who those people are. Who's Kyle Kuzma? Who's Nicholas Claxton? No idea. Literally no idea. Do you play Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson together? I don't even know who they are. Does it matter? No. These are plus AB lines. Let's say now it's like, well, I want to be more diverse. I want to limit my variance or whatever like that. And you go, okay, well, now you want to find lineups on that level. And you go, maybe you want to have a, di a different diversity of lineups. You could play those 20 lineups. Dude, I could build 4,000 lineups that look like this. I could build 40,000 lineups that look like this and just choose the 20 out of the 20 that you want to play. It's the same thing as this. It's the same exact thing. Lineup A, lineup B, lineup C, lineup D, $1.24 EV. It's the same thing. I could do this. I could set, set an ownership number and go build me 700,000 lineups that fit this. And if I if there's 700,000 lineups to fit, you know which ones you could play? Any one of them. I have to choose five. Well, close your eyes and pick five. Pick five based on uh, the, the day of the week. It doesn't matter at that point. You could pick them randomly. But that's the process. That's that. I mean, I'm showing that that is the process. What do you do now in NBA DFS? That is in addition to this, because whatever you do, it's useless. Do that. What I just showed you right now. Anything else that you did, you're probably not adding much to it. Okay. Most top players that I know, and I, ta I talk to most top players. That play 150 max. Don't build their lineups until three minutes before lock. They aggregate projections from other places. They simulate stuff out on their on their on their computer. They're not. They they don't even know what the players are. They don't know. 
Is Kelly Oubre starting today? It's like, it doesn't matter. It's going to be in the projector. They're not even originating their own projections. They're taking it from, they're taking our projections at Roto-Grinders. And then running it through an optimization methodology and a simulation stuff. And there's, just spitting out lineups and go, okay, all that, this is what it looks like. $1.24 EV, $1.24 EV. And they're like, okay, how many lineups are 150? Okay, take take the there you go that's it welcome to dfs there's anything you wanted if you wanted to build 300 lineups 17,000 lineups you could do the same thing and if you're like well i don't want to play pool and whatever together that's fine then don't choose one of those lineups but could you yeah of course you could People vastly, vastly, vastly overcomplicate building DFS lineups for GPPs. Well, obviously, to overcomplicate cash, cash, you just play the optimal lineup. Done. Right, like straw phase 23. Is this both GPP and cash? No, you obviously don't know the difference between the two. You know what I would play in cash? Bang, press the button, you're done. You're done. That's it. You're done. That's the problem. I don't even know who these people are. That would be my cash lineup. Why why are you doing anything more complicated than that? Why is there a need to? Whatever you're doing probably can't beat this method. The only thing that could beat this method would be an advanced simulation, some type of contest-based simulation methodology. But most of the field is doing less than this. So you're going to win money anyway. You're going to be profitable no matter what. This is the simplest process for making D- NBA DFS lineups. And I would bet, based on the people that are that are watching today, that this method of building lineups would crush your method. So if we ran, if we ran a simulation of today's slate, on the way that you build lineups and me just literally doing this, my lineups would probably be doing this exactly this way in three seconds, right? 30 seconds, whatever, would probably, most likely my 20 lineups, my 20th lineup would be better than all of your lineups. And you're like, well, I spent three hours looking at this and that, yeah, waste of time. Absolutely waste of time. And if you and if you like, I, I, I'm going to play 20 lineups, but I'm going to build like 5,000 lineups and then choose. You know how you could choose? Choose randomly. If you don't want to choose them randomly, choose them by any way you want. It doesn't at that point. It doesn't matter. But my random, my me choosing randomly will probably probably beat yours. I'm. Am I going to play this guy? Or am I going to play? Am I going to play 40 percent of that guy? Am I going to play 20 percent? None of that matters. These are fundamental game theory concepts. I explained it in the course, especially. The closer your decisions are to 50-50, those are the least important decisions. The closer they are to 50-50, that's as little time as you used to spend on them. And most of the stuff that you do, you probably do, are 50-50. Which means most of the stuff you do is worthless. If I could beat you doing this doing it just like this 
wouldn't you like why why are you spending all the time doing anything why i don't i don't i don't it's unf getting back to the other thing it's unfathomable i don't i don't understand it i don't i don't this is why i don't understand the court like questions imagine me being on crunch time 2v2s do you play this guy or this guy i don't need I, the, the question doesn't make sense to me i just play plus ev lineups i imagine looking at this Lineup A through lineup K, $1.24 EV. And someone going, do you play Giannis or do you play Luca? I look I look at the screen and I go, I don't see Giannis and Luca on the screen. Like what, what kind of stupid question is that? If Giannis happens to be in the lineup that's $1.24 EV, then play it. So, well, what's that lineup? It's like, well, build it at a projection and an ownership level. I've showed you that you could build a, a million line. I mean, look, I could put three like three hundred lineups. We could run this, even different, different, unique, uh, right? We get even more, you know, salary doesn't matter. Total lineup ownership, right? To build that at that level, right? Two hundred and fifty percent total lineup ownership. Okay, you could even set a min if you wanted. I'm going to build 300 lineups, right? And you'll see how many different players are in lineups. And all 300 of these lineups are, prob are probably plus EV. Probably. Some may be slightly higher than others. I don't know. But we'll wait, we'll wait, for, we'll wait for it to come out. Luke Holbrook for NFL, you're adding stack rules to this approach. You don't have to. You're 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 on step 14. You haven't gotten past step two. This is not an approach. This is mathematics. You already have the numbers. Why are you considering literally anything else? Now, when you're talking about stacking, you're talking about correlation coefficients, which are not built into optimizers. Which means the more players are correlated to each other, their ranges of outcomes are correlated to each other. You don't have the ability to optimize based on that correlation coefficient. You would have to add it yourself. So that's what stack rules are. But you're not... You're getting way past. You're 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 in step seventeen. You haven't even passed uh, writing your name at the top of the test. Like I said, I have to exaggerate this stuff because it's unfathomable for me to repeat the same thing seven hundred times to the same people, and I don't understand how they don't get it. Or I don't understand how you can't go back to previous videos and rewatch something probably 800 times and still not get it. I view it as either you're dumb or you're lazy. There's no other reason. That's why I'm building 300 lineups. Based on, and obviously, this is all based on our current projections and current, like, it's NBA. By 7 o'clock, all this stuff doesn't matter anymore, right? This is what? How many games are on the slate? This is going to be 700 people that are out. 
All these things are going to change. Right? So here you go. Here's 300 lineups. Oh, look, Jordan Poole is in, in, in 99% of them. Right? But looks like there's four lineups that don't have him in. So look, from fantasy points, high to low, 285 to 282. Right? So 300 lineups with a 2v2 are only different by three points in projection. And from an ownership perspective, 250 to 210, right? So I'd surmise that probably any of these 300 lineups are plus EV for large field contests, any of them. Now there's only four out of these 300 that don't have Jordan Poole in it. You could, you could, let's say you could only choose three of them. Well, you could choose the three ones that don't have Jordan Poole in it, right? You could choose the ones that have both of them. You could choose whatever, whatever ones you want. Whichever ones, look, scroll. Choose whichever ones you want. I'm only playing five lineups. So randomly choose five. That's fine. Well, do I play RJ Barrett over Monty? Okay, I don't, that doesn't matter. Choose any of them. If you're like, I can't, I can't possibly play Nicholas Claxton today, then don't choose him. They're fine. Use some reason. It doesn't matter. Close your eyes. Go to random.org. I go to random.org. Right? One to 300. I have to choose three lineups. Okay, there you go. 28. I'm going to choose lineup 28. Me doing this will beat whatever you're doing. Okay? Just to be clear, what I just did right now and randomly picking three lineups, most likely, I will have a higher I will have a higher ROI in this whatever large field GPP. We simulated it out a million times than whatever you do. And look how quick I look at. I'm not even looking at the players' names. So what are what the questions of? Do you what do you do? How do you handle the Golden State Warriors guys? Like, did it even come into my mind? No. They're just numbers. Smooth Jimmy Apollo. LOL, once you finally get it, it's so freeing. I used to spend all week looking at stuff now. I don't open the computer till Saturday night. Thank you. The more and more, the better and better you get at DFS, the more and more you get rid of all the stuff that doesn't matter. And you and you start seeing that most of it doesn't. Most of it doesn't. As long as long as you have some orig, origination of, you know, you, you have you need projections, right? You need a source of truth. And you're just using numbers. That's it. I could cover up. I could cover up the player names and all these things. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All I'm looking at is, okay, this lineup is 285 at 249. Okay, this is 285 at 249. This is 285 at 249. This is 285 at 245. Right? This may be slightly better. It may be slightly, slightly lower owned. As long as the ownership projections are accurate, obviously. Slightly lower owned. Oh, so this one has to be slightly better. It's so close. We'll get, let's get back to this document again. This is what you're looking at. Like, dude, when you see this, right? See these lineups, 300 lineups? 
when you build these, right? You, you scroll all the way down, you look, look, look. You're like, oh, do I want to play Kevin Looney? Do I want to play uh, uh, Quentin Grimes? Do I want to play Denny Advija? Do I want to? Dude, you shouldn't be looking like that. This is what you should be looking at. You're scrolling and you're looking. This is what they're looking like. All you're looking at is like this lineup is the same as that line, but it's the same as that line, but it's the same as that. They could all have different players in it. It doesn't matter. Like all, all you're doing is looking at the projection and ownership. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's all you're looking at. Anything past there, you're just doing from a diversification. Like, I'm playing 20 lineups. I could play all Kyle Kuzma lineups. I could play none, no Kyle Kuzma lineups. How much Kyle Kuzma do I want? Well, do I want my entire slate being relied on by Kyle Kuzma? Do you, do you, to you, it could be yes. To me, it could be no. Could be, I could, 10 lineups, 15 lineups, two lineups. It doesn't, none of that matters. At that point, you're just diversifying for to, based on your own risk tolerance. You're selecting from plus EV lineups. That's it. That's it. That's the end. There shouldn't be any more questions. There's nothing more. There's nothing more to this. Like, how many times can I explain the same concept? A million times. There's nothing more to this. But what's going to happen is that next week, someone's going to, it's going to be the same, same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again. I'm saying, why are you complicating DFS so much? I'm giving you the secret. This is the secret that no one will tell you. Of course, they are telling you. On RG, we tell you all the time. Not on just on this show, on all the shows. You go to other sites. They show you the same thing. They, they, they give you the keys to the castle and you don't use them. The keys to the castle. Most of the top players don't even make their own projections anymore because the projections in the industry are too good. There's no point in maintaining your own stuff anymore. Like literally, the top players are like, I, I'm done making my own projections because RG projections are way better than mine. So what the hell am I? You get Cardi's projections in baseball? Like, wh wh why am I even bothering? Okay, so they're using the same, they're using literally the same things that you could use. You sign up for Roto Grinders Premium, you click on that link in the description, get $10 off your first month. You could show up five minutes before a slate, know nothing about NBA DFS and win a GPP. There's nothing. There's nothing that stops you. And simply going and going, how much projection do I need to get rid of? And how much ownership do I need to get for it? Then making an educated guess. Educated guess. How much should I, you're thinking too much? Just make a guess. Eight. Good. Is it eight or is it nine? Probably doesn't matter. Make a guess. And then build 20 lineups that are based around that. Enter them. You're done. You're done. That's it. You're done. Process over. How long should that have taken? Not including grabbing the lineups, putting them into the CSV, uploading them to DraftKings. How much? How long should that process should have taken? If it took you, if you took the, it took you more than 90 seconds, you're doing it wrong. How, how much exaggeration do I need to give for this? If you cannot do your NBA DFS process in less than 90 seconds, you are doing too much. Okay? To put things into perspective. Think, 
Think about how, how you put together NBA DFS lineups. From start to finish. I'm talking about from the start of even looking on what teams are playing that day. That you literally don't know the size of the slate. You don't know who's on the slate. You know nothing. You've literally not even taken a look at the pricing. How long is your process from looking at the slate and building 20 lineups, or one line, whatever amount of lineups? What does a profitable process look like? If it's more than 90 seconds, you're doing it wrong. If it's more than 90 seconds, you're doing it wrong. Write it down. If it's more than 90 seconds, you're doing it wrong. Now, obviously, Mr. Shadow Dog 13, what about players ruled out later games after initial? Yeah, yeah, I obviously have to consider all that. You're 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 at you're at step, picture step one to ten. You're at step eight. I'm talking about step one. People try to get too far ahead. They get too far ahead of themselves. If you cannot build a DFS lineup in any sport from the second that you look at a slate and enter it in less than 90 seconds, you're doing it wrong. If you can't do it, you're doing it wrong. You go, well, how do I, how do I, how do I get my process down like that? By removing everything that doesn't matter. Okay. What? For NBA, for anything here, for NFL, right? Here's the what? Here's the, what, the Las Vegas, the Rams. We we already have initial projections for the for the showdown tomorrow. Like, dude, I I can make showdown lineups. I don't. How do you not do this in ninety seconds? I mean, can you get a more refined process that is gives you ekes out? more expected value that takes longer yes but we're not at that point because i'm still answering questions about the basic concepts of dfs so i need to exaggerate as much as possible to get you to understand that if you cannot build your lineups from the second that you look at a slate if you can't show up for for tonight's NBA slate at 6.58 without knowing anything what's going on and build a plus EV lineup. You need to learn how to do that first. And how you do that? By pressing a button. Who do you play? Who do you play in cash games? Why? Well, I don't even understand why the questions even exist. You know what you do? You go to your projections, you press the optimize button. You're done. Literally done. You're done. Do I play this guy or this guy? I don't even know who the people are. Doesn't matter. Press the button, put in the lineup, you're done. That's the process. Your cash game process should, if it's if it's more than if it's more than three seconds, you're doing it wrong. Probably if it's more than two seconds. I don't know. How how long did that take? Obviously, you have to enter the light. You have to like you have to tap if you're putting it on your phone or something. I'm not. I'm, ta- I'm not talking about that part of the process. I'm not talking about uploading a CSV as part of the process. How do you determine who's in your cash line? You know how I do it. I look at the projections and I want the highest median projected lineup. 
Why wouldn't you? These are the projections. I'm optimizing for the 50th percentile. That's what double ups are. Press the button. Get the lineup. Right? You can do that in Excel. It's not even something that you even need in lineup HQ. I could download this. I could download the projections and solve it in Excel if I wanted to. I could aggregate projections from around the industry. And if, if you don't even like the RG projections, you go, I want to use some other projections. So download them and solve it in Excel. Solve it in uh, lineup HQ. I could download other people's projections and put it in here and optimize also. I could aggregate together. We even have a little aggregating tool. You could upload in tons of people's projections, weight them and whatever. You could do whatever you want. Cash games, press the button, enter the lineup. You're done. What are the questions for? I don't understand. What, what, what do we need questions for? Is this clear enough? Am I, I mean, in the YouTube chat, is this, is this, I, I don't know how much more clear I can get. Feels like I, 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 I try to be as clear as possible on 700 previous shows. People just still don't get it. The better you get at DFS, this is what your process, this is what good players' processes look like. I'm telling you what they look like. This is literally what they look like. Why wouldn't it? We have the numbers. Now, do I change some of the numbers? Yeah. I change the numbers. As long as you have a number to a player, that's all that matters. If you don't agree with them, if you're like, oh, I don't think Siakam should be projected for 51, she should be 48, then fine, change the number. But you're still doing the same math. Right? If I don't if I don't think Jonathan Kaminga is going to be 90% on, I go, oh, I think he's more likely to be 77% on, then I'll change that. Because that matters for the ownership, you know, the projection versus ownership. If you trust, if you trust the numbers, if you whatever numbers you put in, change them. Go change uh, Jordan Poole, seventy four. Then, then put in random numbers. Who gives it? As long as you're converting players into numbers, then what? Then at the end of the day, the, then the players don't matter anymore. That's it. If you don't get this, there's nothing else more that you could do. Especially in basketball, when there's not much correlation involved. I mean, the, what else would you be doing? To build plus EV lineups. That's it. That is your only goal. Do I do this? Do I do that? No, you got build plus EV lineups. Well, does that mean I play this guy or that guy? It's like you could play either of them. Play whoever you want. That's literally what that 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 meme means. Lineups, not players. I don't know if this is tough love, but I mean, this is, this is DFS. 99% of the work is done for you. It's done. Just show up and build lineups. The problem in NBA is that the, the every, all the numbers change every three seconds because some guy's in and the starting lineup is different. And the coach says this, and then the late game, there's 14 questionable people. And all they don't think that, that that's the difference in NBA is because you're going to have to constantly rebalance and do everything throughout the course of the night, because this guy should have been in, but he's not in. And then that guy's going to, then the starting lineup come. It's all that crap. You can only react to the information that you currently have. 
There's no reason you can't show up for a slate. I know I don't build my NFL lineups until eleven thirty. I mean, till till inactives come out on Sunday morning. I used to do Saturday night. I don't even do that anymore. Well, that you know, enough stuff happens. You know, you know, is Mixon going to play? Right, Gus Edwards was out that one slate, and James Robinson was was a healthy scratch. Like stuff changes so much, even projection wise in the morning on Sundays that it's like, I don't I'm not, why am I even doing it Saturday night anymore? So I don't even consider even building any, I don't, I'm barely looking at the slate until Sunday morning. Why? What's, what's there to look at? Everything that you'd be looking at is already in the numbers and the projections. So like, enjoy your life, go out NFL. It's NFL week, whatever. Don't even think about the NFL Sunday slate until Sunday. Most of everything is done for you already. If you sign up for Roto Grinders, it's it's done. It's done. All you have to do is piece together numbers better than other people. That's it. That's all you're doing. But a lot of people piece the numbers together wrong, right? They go, oh yeah, I'm just going to play the top projected plays. Ah, uh, cash lineup. Throw it into the Millie Maker. Yeah, good luck with that. Right, or they worry so much about uh, exposures. Should I have 20% of Siakam or should I have 30%? Who gives a crap? As long as he's in plus EV lineups, have as much or as little as you want of him. Who cares? Having 50% Siakam and all 50% being horrible lineups doesn't mean anything. Well, Siakam had a great game, but all my lineups are horrible. Yeah, because your lineups were... Doesn't matter you're over the field. The lineups that he was in was awful. Either too chalky or too contrarian. Something there was something wrong with them. Okay. Anything else before I get the hell out of here? I'm going to say all this, and I'm going to tomorrow. Someone's going to show up. Someone's going to show up that I recognize the name. They're going to ask a question that they could have just watched the show. And I just I I don't I I can't fathom. I just I. It, it makes no sense to me. And how do I treat people like that? I don't know. To me, it's 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 rude. All I'm doing, all I'm doing is treating people the way that they treat me. And and to me, any to me, the most valuable thing that that there is in this world is time. There's nothing more valuable than time. Okay, trading time for money is awful. Time is worth way more than money. Way, way more than money. Okay, so when people ask me questions that I've covered before in videos where they could just go on their own and not take up my time to answer the questions that they want, I have to think they're either dumb or lazy because they're being incredibly rude. Like me just going, yeah. Okay, I, I'm gonna interrupt what you're doing, and uh, you know, you know the thing that that I I could look up, I could do on my own, and have you help me, right? I do have a literal 15 hour audio course and a 10 chapter advanced course that explains everything. There's nothing not in the theory of DFS. Okay, if you go to theoryofdfs.com. 
and you listen to the first masterclass, 15 hours, and you listen to the six hour, 10 chapter advanced audio course, there is nothing more for me to teach you. There's nothing left. There's nothing left. I'd only be repeating myself. So the question is, why haven't you listened to it? That's the question. Why haven't you listened to it? Because if you've listened to it, there should be no questions. So by you asking a question, you are telling me, yeah, I didn't do the respectful thing of actually like, listen to the things that you're saying. So I'd like you to spend the time that you could be doing something else and repeat what you have already recorded that I could already listen to on my own time without disrupting you. Do you mind if I'm that rude? That's how I view it. If you were to listen to everything in theory of daily fantasy sports, there should be no questions. Okay, there should be. Now, a lot of people learn differently. So they may need some clarification, some maybe it didn't hit in the right way. So they go, well, in chapter five, you said X, Y, and Z. It doesn't make sense that, and, and they point out something and I could re-explain it. I'm perfectly fine with that. But basic concepts that are in, in the course, what you're telling me is that you view my time as worthless, right? That, oh yeah, you're right. I could, I could, I could listen to your past shows, but no. I want to take up your time now because I'm selfish and dumb and lazy. And you know, selfish, dumb, and lazy people, they don't do very well in DFS. Okay? So that that's 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 the lesson. That's the lesson that is you're competing against people with PhDs in advanced mathematics. They're in your same competition. Okay? You can't look up something on Google and you think you're going to compete against People, people like that, people, gamblers that will use every edge, you're competing against the world. Cutthroat. This is, VFS is 100% cutthroat. So if you're not willing, if you're not willing, oh, okay, I, I, oh, 40 hours of video, oh, that's a lot. Well, then, then play recreationally. I'm part, that's fine. Then play recreation. Salt River Hillbillies. You want to see a rude and time relationship? You should be in education. Why? Well, you see why I can't be in education. I've been told I'm a good teacher, but I, but I'm a good teacher to like gifted students. I'm not. I'm not a good teacher to the to the. I couldn't teach remedial classes. You you see how you see why I, how I act out of like how do you not know this? How do you how do you not how do you not how do you not know how to multiply fractions? Like come on. Like you could learn this on you could learn this on YouTube, right? Just learn it on YouTube, just like the statistics concepts that we talk about here, dude. Everything's available to you, dude. It's 2022. We live in a world where you could learn you could learn Ivy League college classes for free online. What are you doing with yourselves? What are you What are you doing? How did How did I learn all of this? By, by, by watching hundreds upon hundreds of hours of content. Dude, I was watching RG content from 2012, three years later on slates that didn't even matter. Just just to hear Adam Levitan and, and Jonathan Bales and Chris Raybon 
talk about fantasy sports so I could understand strategy better. I would just leave it on for hours upon hours of the time. You know, our old forums, the RG forums, they used to be strategy threads there. You know how many I read? All of them. That's the key. Like, oh, how many? Like a hundred? Like, like 200? Like, no, like all of them. Like, what do you mean all of them? Like, people would look at me and go, what do you mean all of them? I said, I read all of them. I said, yeah, but that's like, there's like, you're talking about like 90,000 threads. I go, yeah, and I read all of them. And people look at me like I have 14 heads, and I look at them and I go, I don't understand how you don't do that. How long did it take you to read all, well, yeah, months. I'd bookmark it, and I'd go back to, back to stuff. I'd highlight stuff. I cut and paste stuff and put put an in go. Okay, let me let me save that link. I may have to read that that, that back later. And a lot of it is garbage. A lot of it you're scrolling down and it's people yelling at each other from the old RG forums. Or you're an idiot for whatever. And by, they're talking about a specific play on a player for four pages worth of content and stuff. And I'm like, okay, scroll past there. And I'm going to send. Like, well, how much of that did you read? I'm like, I read the, I read everything. I started in 2015. That forum was around in 2012 or whatever, I believe. So I, I read everything. Well, that sounds nuts. I said, how else are you going to get better? Wouldn't you want to read everything? Like everything. I learned poker in 2003, 2002. Like, did you read what poker books did you read? All of them. I go, no, no, not yet. You're obviously kidding. Not all of them. I go, no, all of them. There was not a single book at Barnes & Noble in the poker section that I did not own. There wasn't. I read all of them. Either I owned them or I read them in Barnes & Noble. All of them. I don't, I, why wouldn't you? Why would, oh, I'm only going to read these two books. Why wouldn't you read all 38 of them? I, like, I, I can't fathom that. I don't understand. Why wouldn't you? Do you not want to know this information? Yeah, but this book is very similar to that book. I said, yeah. And if I get one thing, if one thing comes out of reading a 400-page book of that is practically the same as some other book, isn't that worth it? Aren't I looking to make money here? Aren't I looking to be the best at this? So why wouldn't you? That's how you learn anything. That's how, I, how, how I've always learned how to do anything. I don't, and I don't ask questions. I rarely ever ask questions. Why? Because I could look up the answers to anything. Like, if if you're asking a question, that means something, some someone most likely has asked it already, and someone has likely published something already on it, right? I read all the Jonathan Bale books, the fantasy football for smart people. Like, did I ever ask him a question? No, I'm, he's, he's published stuff. I'm going to read everything. I'm going to listen to every podcast that he was ever on. And I, that's what I've done. What are you willing to do? And if you're not willing to do that, then you're a recreational DFS player. And that's just fine. Put in your $3, get lucky, have fun. But that's where I come from. So if you want to buy the theory of daily fantasy sports for advanced players, or the original, the fundamentals, you probably need the fundamentals masterclass, theoryofdfs.com. So yeah, I guess this show was more of a scolding. Maybe I could put, put a link to this to, to like 
how do I get it through people's head of like to go back to step one of what DFS is? And once you get once you get to the point where you could build a lineup plus EV lineup in three seconds for a GPP, then you could start talking about the nuances of the differences between lineups, right? Is this slightly better than that? Is that it's what's more likely in a smaller slate for is the larger? Then we could start talking about all the other stuff. But if you don't get the fundamental stuff of like just the concept that you could have seven seventy thousand lineups that all have are all they're all about the same. Randomly pick one. Now you get now once you once you learn that, then you then you can turn do you play Giannis or Yuka? You're not you're not you're not stuck in that in in that caveman thinking. Now you're now you're thinking holistically, lineup wise and contest wise. Just going well. What in what in what scenarios does this happen? What scenarios does that happen? What's less likely, more likely, probabilistically? And then a lot of times coming to the realization that the things that you're looking at, the things that you're considering, are so close they're almost fifty fifty that you might as well just just randomly choose something. <sighs> okay. Hit the thumbs up button if you, I don't know, for whatever reason. Devin wants to get the hell out of here. So hit the thumbs up button. We got uh, we got the, the NBA stuff coming up later today, right? Grinders live, crunch time. 90 minutes worth of content to build your NBA lineups, which you should be building in 90 seconds or less. Feel free to hit the notification bell and, uh, and I'll see you tomorrow. Try and try to answer your DFS strategy questions. I'm giving the tough love. These are the real answers. Okay, these are the real answers on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.